Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Taoiseach Micheál Martin joins us on the line. Good morning to you, Taoiseach. Good morning, Joe. We got a huge reaction to this on the show during the week. Why did County Limerick not get a mass vaccination centre and Cork got five? Well, first of all, the... These are initial prioritisation lists by the health service executive, but they were put forward by the local teams to various centres. Now, Limerick uh, clearly did get one um, in, in, in terms of the, um, the, the Radisson's about 300 yards into County Clare, right, from a strictly geographical perspective, but it's easy access to uh, people in Limerick City. But the, the basic um, model, of course, will be GP-led and GP surgeries are in every community um, across every city and every county. Uh, so they will still be the primary location for the administration of vaccines for for people generally. Uh, the vaccination centres will be uh, additional and supplementary, obviously, when we get to a mass vaccination stage, depending on, obviously, volumes of vaccines coming into the country. And that was anticipated to be around the April-May period when the utilisation of these vaccination centres would be needed. And they've already trialled them in respect of some areas in respect of vaccine, vaccinating GPs to make sure, you know, that they work smoothly and and all of that. But there's each HSE area presented and sent forward and put forward various centres uh, to, to the national operations team. Um, and, but Fine Gael TD, Kieran O'Donnell, told us during the week on this show that what happened was uh, they were looking at regional centres, which is how the Radisson was picked. Then they went county by county, and County Limerick ended up with the only one without it. It's not as big a county as Cork, but you know full well it is a very big county, and you know the geography. The city is pushed up in a corner of the county. So what about the rest of it? Is there going to be another vaccination centre in the middle of the county? Well, I mean, uh, there's no issue here with, 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 with government. I mean, government wants to provide uh, as many opportunities for citizens to be vaccinated as possible. Now, the majority of citizens will get vaccinated in G- uh, GP surgeries in pharmacies. Also, because we've signed a deal with, 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 with the GPs and uh, with pharmacists uh, in terms of the administration of vaccines. Uh, the HCA recruited uh, and government have supported through resources uh, recruiting additional personnel then, health personnel, uh, to administer vaccines. And some of those will be in, in vaccination centres. If there's a need for an additional vaccine in, in, in Limerick, that certainly can be looked at. Um, but again, um, the my, my sense and uh, is that this came from the the, the regions, uh, the HSE regions up right. uh, in terms of the actual sites that were presented. So, so, and that's, so, that's so you're, good, you're suggesting if there was a, an amended request, then government wouldn't have an issue with that? No, we don't have an issue with that at okay. all. We're not, I'm not, we're not dictating the operational side of this. We want to make sure that as many citizens as possible can have access to the vaccinations, as, uh, you know, as they're rolled out, or to vaccines as they are rolled out, because we want, okay. as soon as we get vaccines in, we want to administer them. And that's what we've been doing so far. And the, 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 the rolling out then of uh, the leaving cert, uh, the reopening of schools, are the unions actually on board? Because they've been relatively quiet about this since last night. Well, obviously, there's been a lot of intensive engagement uh, and discussions over quite a number of weeks as the Minister of Education and her team in the Department of Education have sought to um, engage with students, with teachers, with management, managerial bodies, uh, and with parents. Um, And that came to a natural conclusion yesterday. I I think the unions would still have some concerns 
in terms of how this operates uh, on the ground. But fundamentally, given the fact that students have lost a significant amount of time last year because of COVID-19 and have lost again January and February this year because of COVID-19, the choice had to be given to students. And while there's a strong emphasis on, you know, we have the written exam and oral, orals and, and uh, practicals will now be made available as well, following the, the engagement that the Minister had with unions and students and uh, and, every, and and all the partners, that will now take place in a normal time, um, in, in around the 9th to 10th of June, and the timetable will be announced later. Um, but also and do we have the student, capacity for that, by the way, if you have thousands of people who'd choose to sit in exam halls in June? Yes, but that and, and and but every student will get an accredited grade under the National Examinations Board, um, but the option will be there to set a written exam um, as well, and that is why the the, the junior certificate is being cancelled to make sure that um, the space is there and, and that the exams can take place in in a given the, given the changing nature of COVID-19. And, and what I would say here, Joe, is the, the real issue here is COVID-19. It has upended all our lives, and none more so than in education. And uh, ideally, we wouldn't like to have to be doing all of this, but we have to be conscious of the fact that with the variant in particular, which is now 90% of all cases, um, that we have to we have to be practical here. Right. Uh, and above all, our concern is with the and students, their welfare and their okay. well-being. So, Tisha, what about then the reopening of schools more generally? Is, generally, is that going to start on the first of March and how will it be rolled out? Well, we will be we're having a meeting today at the Cabinet Subcommittee on COVID-19, uh, NEFIT, and will be making a presentation to us. I've already had soundings from public health and, and from NEFIT in relation to, to, to their sense of this, and I mentioned the variant to you. And so we, we'll be opening schools on a phased basis. Um, the indications are that it's likely to be the, the beginning of March, the 1st of March. Uh, the public health uh, authorities want to do this on a gradual basis because they want to monitor the impact of increased mobilisation of people on the spread of the disease. Uh, so a million people coming back at the one time is just not possible um, because of the impact given the nature of the variant that we now have, which is highly transmissible and uh, more virulent, no more dangerous uh, in, in accordance with research in, in the UK and indeed the European Centre of Disease Control. So that's what Dr. Ronan Glynn was saying to me, that they want to monitor the reopening of this, so possibly looking at junior infants, senior infants, first and second class. But we have to decide on that definitively today and make recommendations to the Cabinet, which will meet next week and we'll announce that next week. And in terms of, uh, you know, so uh, of the next number, number of months, uh, we're looking at a very slow and cautious reopening. We want to roll out the vaccines and get as many people as vaccinated as possible. Uh, that will drive down the spread and we already see in the nursing home settings and in hospital settings the outbreaks reducing and the number of people getting the, getting the disease reducing as a result of even the first vaccine being administered. Um, so that does give us hope and it does give us a sense that okay. if we be very and, and cautious here. We can keep the the, the downward trajectory and, and of the Antisha, virus um, in tra- in, 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 on track. Which Antitish Martin, um, what about more kids going back to creche then, and the concerns of creche owners and staff, including around vaccination for themselves? But again, um, Minister Roderick O'Gorman um, will we, we, we'll be working with the sector in terms of a similar gradual reopening uh, of, of the sector. A lot of the sectors out there already in terms of providing very valuable childcare for, for emergency workers, um, and, and that's that's appreciated. Um, the vaccination issue, of course, is the first priority of the National Immunisation Advisory Committee, who are the experts on vaccines. 
who recommend to Neffet and to the Chief Medical Officer, is that we give the vaccines to those who are at most at risk of severe illness or indeed of, of, of dying, and, and that's the elderly. Um, senior citizens and those in nursing homes and frontline healthcare workers, not so much because they're in constant contact with the virus. You know, they're the second cohort uh, because they're but treating at the front, on the front is line. So that that's the the point I'm making is that's the metric. So the over 70s are first. Right. Is uh, it your understanding though that it would be from the first of March that creches would start to reopen as well? Well, again, the minister will be in touch with the sector. I don't want to preempt that, and I don't want to preempt the consultations he's now going to have, given the situation in relation to schools. But they will want to be in one step with the schools, I, I presume. But he will he will work with the sector. Okay, um, staycations, um, even outside the county, you know, from um, Limerick to West Cork or Kilkee or Kerry or wherever, you know, listeners and you know this very well are extremely frazzled. At the moment, you know, it's it's really, really difficult. Um, this particular uh, lockdown, you know, are they likely to be able to do that come May or June? It, it is very difficult at the moment, and and people are. I mean, I, I appreciate this. This is having a, this third wave and the lockdown associated with it is having a very significant psychological impact on people. They're down as a result of all of this. On the other hand, it was tremendous to see the joy uh, uh, articulated by over 85s who got vaccinated um, in, in the last number of days. Uh, it was just joyful to hear them. Uh, and these are people who've been essentially cocooning for 12 months. I mean, I heard some of them on various radio interviews and so on talk about their experiences and how great it was to get a sense of potential liberation as a result of getting the vaccine. And I, I, in, in May, June, I think we will be in a different space. Um, is my anticipation because of the fact that we will have a significant number of people vaccinated. Uh, and again, uh, you know, by mid-May, we, all over 70s should be vaccinated. And that's the age cohort that, that is most at risk from the, from, from the virus in terms of becoming ill or, uh, and in some cases, as we know, dying. So we want to, have, if we get over 70s vaccinated by mid-May, we are in a different space mm-hmm. than towards the end of so, May, June and July. So, so could that mean staycations? Could it mean a, a gradual opening up of, hosp- of, um, of uh, hospitality over summer? Well, I'm loath to predict beyond the, the, the end of April. Uh, and indeed, my conversation with Ronan Glynn on Tuesday was very much to that effect. He, he wants to take it uh, on a phased basis to continue to monitor this because we're dealing with a, a much more transmissible form of the, of, the, of the virus. But let's be clear too, we have to give people hope and I think with the vaccination, hope it does does come. Uh, and um, I think we will be in a different space in, and, in, in June and in July, certainly. And Tisha, this talk that we would need to see very low figures for four weeks at least before you could seriously contemplate opening up beyond um, schools and, and maybe construction. Yes, the, 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 the public health wanted to... So, so, uh, Say we open schools, at the first, not all schools at once, but say junior infants, senior infants, first and second class, potentially. Public health will want to monitor that over, certainly within a two-week period, to see what, what, what was the impact of that on the spread of the virus. Um, so the, the issue here is general mobilisation of people and movement of people uh, and the impact of that movement then on the, the spread of the disease. But remember, we still have over 800 people in hospital. Uh, we still have very high numbers in intensive care. We have to get those numbers down and get them down significantly. And the rate and of daily cases as well, are you worried about that slowing up? I am. Um, it's coming down. It, 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 it's still coming down. There is a concern. Um, will the variant slow that 
event, you know, will, slow, will, will the variant slow down the decline? It is important to point out that in the last two weeks in particular, you know, we brought the, the, the testing and tracing has come back to close contact. That might have bumped it up a bit. But we are worried about that. But um, but still, we're on target to be at a, lo- uh, a lower level of cases. Um, between four to 600 was the, the most recent estimate by the end of February. Um, and hopefully we can achieve that target. Right. Tishik, we know that Minister Eamon Ryan, leader of the Labour Party, backtracked on the Kuna to Knocklesheen Road locally. He was on this show doing so last week. Uh, we know from Fianna Fáil TDs here that you spoke to him. What did you say to him to make his change his mind? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Deputy Willie O'Dean, Nigel Collins, um, and, and, and many of the councillors were in touch with me on this issue. Uh, and to be fair uh, to Minister Ryan, he wanted to consult widely on it. Um, he was anxious that there would be a uh, public um, transport dimension to it and, 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 and enhanced um, pedestrian routes um, for, for, for people as well. Um, and he consulted with, with the officials in, in, in the county council. Um, and um, so we had a discussion, we had a number of discussions in, uh, on it, and, um, you, you know, he was open to, to, to reconsidering, it. obviously, his, his own position on this. Um, he, you know, he, he wouldn't have been perhaps an enthusiast for the, for the planning and design of it and so on, but a lot of that had, as you know, there had been a lot of work on this for quite a long, long time in terms of route options and selections and so on like that, and there had been a degree of public consultation over the years. So in fairness to the minister, I think he knew that wasn't was going to be possible to reverse all of that, but he did want to have a fresh look at some aspects of this. Um, so it was. An, you, these were constructive discussions. We have them on a number of issues, and, and I certainly articulated the concerns that our local representatives had in relation to this and others as well. And um, we got the right. We got an outcome that I think will now, uh, I think, create opportunities for the people of Moiras and also the wider economic potential of that area okay. I think will be enhanced as a result of the road going ahead. Okay. Well I have to say you're proving very useful in my house anyway because we have uh, someone who's about to spend the second birthday in lockdown going to crash, and it used to be well when can I do this Leo says now it's Michal Martin says so <laughs> I, I was specifically asked this morning to ask Michal Martin when uh, my friends are coming back to crash. So at least we got that question sorted anyway. <laughs> so, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So Tishik Michal Martin, thank you for your time. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Call Limerick today now on 46 19 